Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo Pod. It's an MLS-centric episode today. We have Bradley Wright Phillips, comeback player of the year from LAFC, joining us. We have Gary Smith, the head coach of Nashville, who entered the players in their inaugural season. And we have James Ruth, VP of Marketing at Austin FC, to talk to us about the new design, the new jersey, as the club enters MLS in 2021. Stay right here, because a lot of MLS coming your way right now. Welcome to Gego Lasso, and today we welcome Bradley Wright Phillips, who was recently announced 2020 MLS Comeback Player of the Year. After leaving the New York Red Bulls, Wright Phillips headed west and joined Bob Bradley's LAFC and made a fantastic impact, ending second on the team with eight goals, six assists in the regular season. He also became the first player in club history to score in his first three matches during the bubble tournament in Orlando. As one of the most prolific goal scorers in the history of the league, the two-time Golden Boot winner, who still holds the record as the fastest player to reach 100 goals in the league. He did it, by the way, in 159 matches. The veteran striker now features has featured in 213 matches and is currently the sixth all-time in goals with 116 Uh He's not done yet, though, as LAFC prepare for a tasty matchup against Seattle Sounders on Tuesday, November 24. It's a long intro, but it's well-earned. Bradley, welcome to Kego Lasso and CBS Sports. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You made me sound really good at football, man. I appreciate it. Let's just do that for the whole podcast. <laughs> you know what? I'll just charge you 10%. I'll send you my Venmo, and we can get there, yeah? <laughs> Bradley... First off, congrats on winning the 2020 Comeback Award. How do you feel and how has it been for you playing for LAFC after all, you know, playing for LAFC after playing so years, so many years with uh, Red Bulls? How do you feel? How's this year been for you? Yeah, it's, you know, obviously in the beginning when you when you leave Red Bull, it was, it was tough for me and I wasn't sure where I was going to end up. But yeah, I ended up in the best possible place. I don't think if I'm at any other team, I get a Comeback Player of the Season. Honestly, I think. It's been like a breath of fresh air to my career. Um, yeah, so I'm just thankful that I landed here and it's been, it's been fun. How has it been uh, working under Bob Bradley? as such a well-known name, not just in MLS, but obviously as an American coach, uh, experience in Europe and Africa and now MLS once again. How's it been working with him? It's been amazing. Um, 
he's the kind of coach I need. I'm, I'm one of those people, if, if you're relaxed, then I'll be relaxed. You know, if my coach is relaxed, I'll be relaxed. And I need to be pushed all the time. Every morning, I need to know that it's not, you know, today you can't hide. And he's, he's just, that is what he's, for me, that's what I find um, the best, the best about him because every day you have to come to work, every day he's got new ideas and he demands 100%. So it's right. exactly what me needs. So how do you like California, my friend? It's nice. It's, it's obviously very nice, but because of COVID and the, the things that I would like to do with my family, you know, but I can't complain. Everyone's healthy and yeah, we're getting on with it. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you in a little bit. I'll ask you now. How has it been? I mean, you, you moved from coast to coast with your family. Obviously, everybody's experienced so many uh, issues and problems, not just in football, just in general, in life. How has it been for you and your family in 2020? Yeah, if I'm being real honest, like, it's been tough. There's been a lot of um, obstacles and hurdles we've had to, to get over and face. Um, it's been tough. My wife, earlier in the year, she lost her dad. We had to deal with that. You know, we're flying back to London come back here then you got a quarantine there's been so many things finding the kids schooling but you know it's it's not just me it's the world you know um and that's why i'll go back to this this comeback player of the, of the year because you know what my family have sacrificed even just following me out here then getting locked down having my kids having no school my wife having to find new new work and stuff it, it's been hard and and that this award is for you know our household it, it's for that because it's been tough on everyone yeah, well said. And my deepest condolences to your wife. Um, I, I know too well what it's like to, you know, you live in one country, I'm Peruvian, but I have family in England and Peru. I know what it's like. So well said. Come back, not just for you, but for the Wright Phillips uh, family. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit more about you and Cali. How's your Spanish, Bradley? I mean, this is L.A., LASD, no. with one of the biggest Mexican-American <laughs> audiences. You go, uh, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, Brian Rodriguez. How's your Spanish going, my friend? You know what? I try. I try every day. I try and pick up little bits. But I'll be honest with you. I've got Duolingo and I've, you know, I'm not doing bad. I'm not confident enough to be speaking it every day. But a couple of the players, you know, Pancho, Janela, we have a little joke and I try and use my Spanish on him. Um, yeah. In a, in a couple months, I think I'll be OK. I think I'll be able to hold a conversation. You know what? You should just, you know, you and Diego Rossi should just exchange, right? You teach him a little bit of London slang, some grime, and he yeah. can just, uh, he can help you with some Spanish. I think that should work, right? Yeah, for sure. We're going to try it. We'll do that. Uh, Bradley, uh, let, let's talk a little bit now about the game coming up. Let's talk about the Seattle Sounders. It's a big test uh, as we kick off the playoffs for you. Um, listen, it's been kind of crazy, this matchup, right? First, you beat them 4-1 in the bubble. Then they win the next two. But then you conclude the regular season matchup with them. So it's 2-0 in terms of results. How do you see this game? 2-0 win games, it couldn't be more perfect. The, the winner of this one, you know, gets the, you know, the big prize. You get to move on in the playoffs. So I think our biggest test when we play them at their place is individual mistakes. Um, yeah, just not being at the races. And I think, you know, it's, an, it's the playoffs now. And I don't think we get to, you know, we can't afford to do that again. I think if we cut that out, we got a very good chance, you know, at least of being in this game and, and having a chance of, of winning. That. Yeah. As I said in my intro, Bradley, you are just one of the most prolific players this league has ever seen. You know it really, really well. And there's so much that's going on 
right? Not just as uh, the product itself from growth and talent, but as a business, right? Look at all these players that are now Anthony Davis going to uh, Europe. Of course, all the Americans as well going as well. Miguel Almiron, who started it all with Atlanta United and Newcastle. How do you see this league now from when you started to now? How do you see it? It's crazy. I think even when I first came, I rated it. I was one of those people that was, I didn't watch MLS. I was ignorant to it. I thought there was no good players here. And I, obviously, when I get here and I start training, that, that quickly changed. Also, Thierry told me, you know, Thierry told me, don't, you know, take this league lightly. Some good players and some good teams. But the difference from then and, and now is even, is even better. Like you just said, some of the names you mentioned, going to play in Europe. And these guys are going to play in Europe and holding their own, you know. So the myth about MLS not being a good league or a good level, you know, I think all these things that you're seeing, uh, players moving it is, is going to quickly end that myth. Um, I just want to see it keep improving like this and, and players getting better and, um, and getting more big opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you and you were an originator from that, I really think. So really, you're part of this movement as much as anybody else. Um, listen, let's move things a little bit uh, as we conclude all of this. Uh, how's your dad? You talk to him a lot these days? Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, still chubby. <laughs> still chubby. <laughs> Still got a bad ankle. So mean, Brad. <laughs> nah, he's very good. He's um he's thriving right now. He's he's, he's killing it. You know, with the social media stuff, he's he's really good. He's made for that kind of world. That's him. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of things happening. He's got a new um podcast out with um coming out with the Ringer. So yeah, just look out for him. Just being himself. You know, that's what I think the people love. He, he's always himself and comes across well. Yeah, listen, growing up in London, uh, I'm a lifelong Villa fan and I would have to go to Highbury and watch your dad just absolutely destroy my club. So uh, I, I know it too well. Uh, you mentioned this podcast. Are you listening to it a lot or not really? Not yet. I haven't had time because, you know, it's great, but I'll catch up. I'll listen. I listen to all of his stuff, so I'll catch up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, Ian, Ian's going to hold you to that. You hit righty. You hear this? <laughs> I'll watch it, Dad. I will. Let me ask you about Man City. This is where you started your career. Okay, uh, CBS obviously uh, holds the rights to the Champions League. So we're obviously talking about this club a lot more these days, as well as your brother also started his career right there. Um, you know, they're doing well in the Champions League, the Premier League, perhaps a tougher obstacle these days. What's more important for City fans, do you think, these days? Winning the league or finally getting Pep Guardiola to get that uh, Champions League title with City? Yeah, I'm not sure what the fans think. Obviously, I'm, I can't be 100% sure, but I think, you know, they've... They've, taste, they've had the Premier League. They've won that. I think they won the Champions League. And I think for Pep, I think his mind is on the Champions League. And I, I, something that could really solidify them in being one of the great teams in, in the Premier League. I think that would stamp that, that authority and say, yeah, you know, we were here. We were the best at this time. And I think, I think they have to win the Champions League. I don't think they're really too bothered about the Premier League. I wouldn't say they're not bothered, but I think they have to win the Champions League to be respected all around you know, the world. What if uh, Lionel Messi finally comes? Would you like that? How, how would that look? <laughs> I couldn't even when it when it was sounding like it was very close to be to being done. I still couldn't. Right. I couldn't believe it. It just doesn't. It almost doesn't make sense. I can't see Messi in another in another kit. It just would blow my mind. If it's not Argentina or Barcelona, it would blow my mind. But I would love to see him. I would have loved to see him go there. That would have been amazing for the Premier League and Man City. You would have to tell him all the local places in Manchester where maybe he can figure. I just—it's like you. I can't imagine Lionel Messi <laughs> in Manchester. It's just—it's just weird, very weird. Let's finish off um, with. Uh, I want to actually ask you about Southampton because they're like doing so well, and you also know that club, obviously. What What are your thoughts on them? I mean, listen. I remember last year when they got killed by Leicester, and everybody was like. 
They're done. And look at them now. What are your thoughts on Saints? I think with Southampton, they're obviously they're having a great start to the season or um, yeah, to the campaign. But I think with them, what they've always had is a, a good foundation. They always play football the right way. Once you get the right coach, the right players in there, then you're going to start to see what you're seeing this season. And, and yeah, obviously being a former player, I keep an eye on them and I'm, I want them to carry on. But they're fun to watch. I think they got a great striker in uh, Danny Ings. I think he's very underrated. Um, he's all-round play. He, he'll get you goals. Then they got Shea Adams chipping in with some goals. Obviously, Ward Prowse, unbelievable technician. So I think they got a lot there. Nathan Redman. I think they got a lot of players there that can keep this form going. And it's, it's good to see. That's what I like about the Premier League this year. It's not boring. It's not just the same few teams, you know, beating everyone. There's a lot of teams that are causing problems for the big teams. So keep going, Southampton, man. Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's finish up with LAFC because you still won that title, obviously getting that MLS Cup. Um, how, listen, here's my question to you. You got the Dodgers doing well. You got the Lakers doing well. LAFC looking to make it a trifecta. Is that, are you using that as a motivation? Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Do you know, I saw, a, I saw something the other day and I remember seeing that Dodgers and Lakers and I'm very superstitious. So I'm like, hey, it's got to be our time, you know? And I'll, I'll, I'll use that good omen until the end of the season. Bradley, how far, how long can you go for? I feel like when I watch you play, it's still like you're 21 years old sometimes. Like, how, how long do you see your career going? As long as there's um, beer in this world, you know, that's my, <laughs> that's my fuel. As long as there's some beer and, and I can get a good afternoon nap, I'm good to go. 41, I'd say. I love it, Bradley. Bradley Wright Phillips, 2020 Comeback MLS Player of the Year. Looking ahead as LAFC face Seattle Sounders. Bradley, such a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck in the playoffs, my friend. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Good luck with the podcast. Keep it going. It's good. Uh, when, when you're on, it's, it's always a good, good time. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Joining us now on Que Golazo is Gary Smith head coach of Nashville SC, the expansion side who defied the odds and reached the MLS playoffs in their first season in the league. And now they prepare for Inter-Miami, the other new guy in town uh, for the playing game in the East. Gary, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Luis. Thanks for having me on. Always nice to, uh, to be having a chat about the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Gary, before we begin, uh, you must know I'm a lifelong Aston Villa fan. I know that you're an Arsenal fan, so my commiserations. Uh, but we, we won't talk about that. Let's talk about the Nashville. Let's talk about um, 2020, Gary. It's been tough on everybody. And, um, you know, we, we've read everything about Nashville and what they've gone through, but we haven't experienced it. So, you know, not just from not being able to play in Orlando in, in, the, in the bubble tournament, due to COVID-19, but also dealing with a tornado through Middle Tennessee, tight turnaround scheduling. It's just been a lot. But tell me from your own words, how has it been for you and the club? Well, I, th I think from the opening bell, as it were, it was always going to be a, a tough task. History tells us that any expansion team um, normally find themselves in, in, a, in a, a difficult spot. I think they're viewed upon for for most uh, existing teams as as uh, pretty much the whipping boys that year and three six points however many times you're playing those teams you're almost counting the opportunities to uh, to add points to the board um 
it, it was made ever more difficult, as, as you've rightly said there, uh, you know, the, the fact that we, um, we were going to be playing in a, in a stadium that we didn't know. We had a wonderful crowd there, as you well know, for the opening fixture and, you know, an incredible occasion. But it was still a, a stadium that we needed to find some sort of um, home field advantage. We needed to, to find some sort of confidence and positivity in that stadium. We, of course, ran into, as everyone did, the difficulties of COVID. We, as you've rightly said, had all sorts of, of trouble and trauma in, in Nashville itself from, from, the, uh, from the tornado. And then on top of all of that, we prepared tirelessly for the Orlando um, MLS's back tournament and didn't, and didn't kick a single ball down there. And, and I think emotionally, that was an incredibly tough period of time. So there have been many, many hurdles that we've had to jump, I think, this season. And at just about every turn, the players and, and the staff have shown tremendous character and resilience. And I think what you see now at the end of this 23-game schedule has been, you know, quite remarkable, to be quite honest, in, in how we've ended up, where we've finished, and, and the points tally that we've, we've dragged in. What's the community there like now? Like, how are they, you know, how, what's the bond like? Uh, is it closer now, I imagine, uh, amidst adversity, do you think? Do you think you guys have gotten stronger because of it? I think the community in Nashville is a very unique one. I'm sure a lot of people will say that about their own city, but, you know, having lived in, in you know, three or four different places now in the US, it is, uh, it's a very unique place. It's got a wonderful feel to it. The fact that, you know, pretty much all of the sporting franchises are very well supported and, and the community gets behind each and every professional group very, very well. And that was obviously, um, you know, seen in our, in our opening fixture, nearly 60,000 fans come out to, to welcome us and support us in our first MLS game. I, I, think, I think any adversity, any difficulty, um, you know, any troubles that, that um, whether it be sporting or, or, or city environments go through, I think you have to bring people together a little bit more. And, and I, don't, I don't think this has been any different. Um, you know, the tornado was one thing. I think COVID's another. Um, you know, from our own standpoint as a, as a sporting franchise, there is no doubt in my mind that all of these difficulties have made us that little bit stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, MLS itself. It's a first for Nashville in the playoffs, but not for you as you return to the postseason for the first time in a while since leading the Colorado Rapids to victory in 2010. Not that long, but, you know, a certain amount. How does it feel to return? Is it, is it a different feeling? Is it just been too long for you to even care? What does it feel like? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, Luis, I don't, I don't think anyone at the start of the season could have envisaged how the, how the team has performed and, and the fact that we are now sitting in a postseason. You know, there's, there have been numerous records that I think the team have, have broken in, in this inaugural year. 
and and quite honestly, personally, it's a fantastic feeling to see uh, a brand new group of players come together to look at the the, the path that they've already travelled and the development that has already taken place, and to not only be sitting in the playoffs in seventh spot in in our in our you know opening season in MLS. But to be in a confident place as well, as you as you might imagine, it's been a it's been a tough season, but it's been an incredibly um, fruitful one, and I, and I do think a very valuable one in terms of the way that that we've progressed and developed, and and hopefully will continue to. Yeah, absolutely. Let let's focus a little on that squad that you have. It's full of veterans such as Walker Zimmerman, Dax McCarty, Anjumal Goloy. But also new ones such as uh, Hani Mukhtar, uh, Randall Leo, and, and Dani Rios. Super interesting mix. How has it been managing this side, uh, this squad? Well, from the very outset, you you know you often wonder how these guys are gonna mix, how they're gonna bond. Um, you know what friendships are gonna develop, and you know I, I think any any group that I've had. And, and I'm sure a lot of coaches would say the same. You know, if you can find a basis for those players to, to, to you know, have, have the type of camaraderie that I think we all see as a benefit for a, a, a group of, of professionals. You know, I've seen plenty of teams that have got lots of talent, don't get on great and still be successful. But there's no doubt about it, when times are tough, if you've got a good spirit in the group and players get on on well together, I think it, it adds a, an ingredient that you you can't otherwise find. And when I look around this group, you know, you've pointed out the the experience that we have, and I think those players in general have formed, um, you know, a very good connection and bond with what we might class as the less experienced, there may be newcomers to the group and newcomers to the US. We've got a number of players that are adapting to a new life and a new lifestyle. And, you know, those senior players invariably run that locker room. And if you get good ones, you tend to have a very unified locker room. And if you get players that are a little bit more insular or selfish, sadly, you don't quite get the same effect. And, and we've been very, very fortunate with the guys that we have. Yeah, I, I feel like MLS, uh, out of pretty much any other league, well, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but MLS specifically, like leadership is so important just because just the traveling and the scheduling is, is just tough. All right, let, let's talk about your opponent, Inter-Miami, another new team. Uh, thoughts on them? What, what do you make of uh, Alonso's side? You've played them twice, one at home, drew away. How do you see Inter-Miami in this one? Well, we've, of course, played them a couple of times as well. So we, we've got first-hand experience of each other. Um, you know, I, I would suspect at the start of the season, if people were being honest, they would have expected maybe the two teams to be flip-flopped in the way that their seasons have gone. So, you know, I think credit again to the, to the group that I have and the players in that group to achieve what they have. But as far as Miami are concerned, I think we all see the 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 wealth of, of creativity and talent in their forward line. Um, they've, they've invested very heavily in those creative players. But I think the one thing that, that, you know, we have to say about this Miami group 
whilst they may have started very slowly and, and disappointingly so, I'm sure for them, I think it was 5-0 and or 0-5. And, and the way that they've gone about their business, the... I think the the patience that they've shown in the group and there's been some criticism and and maybe rightly so at times with the money they've spent but they've slowly but surely got stronger they've they've had a very good run into the end of the season and now they've clinched their spot um by merit that they, they you know they've played some good soccer towards the end of this campaign and they will not be an easy task at all. I think they have vulnerabilities. They'll certainly see some in ours, in our group, but I expect it to be a very competitive and a very exciting game. You've taken care of things at home, uh, definitely since you returned back in action in August at Nissan Stadium, uh, Nissan Stadium, you know, undefeated, right? Since, since August, is that an advantage to you? Do you think being at home or do you, are you not even, to you, the playoffs is the playoffs a whole different kettle of fish or how do you see it? Well, I do, I do think it will be a little bit of an advantage. There's no doubt uh, sticking to a, a schedule that we know and are comfortable with and being in our own um, beds even the night before and getting a good night's sleep are little things that the players will, will feel much better about, I'm sure. Um, but in these one-off games, literally anything can happen. You, you need to turn up with the right mindset. You certainly need to turn up with the right combination of intensity, competitiveness, but also, you know, that feeling of, of, of belief and being able to relax and play. You know, the teams that get too uptight and, and too stressed are normally the teams that really don't show what they're about in these one-off games. So experience, again, I'm, I'm sure will, will be a, a big benefit. We've got some guys that have seen this before, have been there before. And, you know, my hope is that we as a group are able to, you know, take this great moment in, first playoff game, uh, in Nissan Stadium, oh, sorry, at Titan Stadium, um, you know, against a, a, a fellow uh, expansion group and, uh, you know, really make the most of it. Gary, let me ask you about this league because, you know, I've covered it for a while, but you've been, you know, you know it very well from everything that you have seen. How has this league developed, do you think? The growth of it is quite remarkable because we also have to remember not just about the teams that are coming in, but the business that they're doing, right? Look at Miguel Almiron at Newcastle coming from MLS. Of course, all the American players, Brendan Aronson from the Union, so many players. Now Europe and other places are looking at this league as, as quite the market, not just an entertainment value perspective. How do you see this league from your own perspective and from what you have experienced? I think there's numerous, numerous areas that this, this league has grown and, and, uh, and improved. Um, you've mentioned player development. There are a lot of teams that have, have invested heavily in bringing through their own young players and, and have seen, you know, such great reward for that. I think we've also seen teams that are, are, are keen to invest maybe in players from abroad that are younger. The league have, have brought in some, some you know, rules and regulations that help each MLS group to, to maybe recruit younger players, um, players that still have development, still have sell-on value, 
Um, you, you know, you can look at the way that each and every team's supported. I think around the league, support is up. Obviously, aside this year, quality of, of training grounds and stadia that, that teams are playing at. And I think the one thing that umbrellas all of that is the, the continued investment from the ownership groups. And it's, I think it's been managed incredibly well by MLS. It's been an incremental improvement. But to your point, when things get better, when things are more exciting and it attracts more attention, I think that's when you start to see European and South American teams that, that take more notice and are, and are actually plucking players at the, the real pinnacle of, of these groups from MLS. And they're, they're, they're paying good money for them as well now, which, which tells you a story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Gary, we're nearly done, but I can't leave you without this. I, I got to settle this, all right? You grew up in Chess Hunt, outskirts of London. I know it very well. I went to university in London. I grew up in England. 15-minute um, train to White Hart Lane. But your entire family are Tottenham fans. But you're Arsenal. Is that correct? It is correct. Um, the, the history to that is that my father played for, for Spurs back in the 60s. And... The, the both families lived but a stone's throw from White Hart Lane. You could you could hear the roar of the crowd. I remember it as a, as a youngster growing up in the back garden of, of my grandparents' houses. Sadly, they're no longer with us and I don't spend as much time down in that, that part of the world. But as a young player, I actually ended up as a schoolboy at Arsenal and much to the disgust of a lot of, of my... Um, of my family. And that really stuck with me. I enjoyed my time there. It was a wonderful environment and, and the type of, of team and, and people that were there. And, and I went in the, uh, in the opposite direction. Not, not great as, as we spoke about just briefly before Christmas. How do you feel about this Arsenal now uh, under Mikel Arteta? And I warn you, I'm a lifelong Aston Villa fan, so I'm sorry about that. Well, I think we've I think we've made some very very nice improvements. Um, I think what does help is that he brings a trophy in very very quickly, and and I honestly don't uh, I don't think it matters what silverware you bring in when it's been a, a barren spell for the club. It galvanises people, individual staff at the club. And, and you see a brighter future. And I think on the back of that, he's done a great job of, of recruitment and some wonderful individuals that he's either re-signed or, or has brought into the group. And, and I see some very positive years in front of us if, uh, if we maintain this trajectory. Well, let's hope that is the case. And let's hope that we see even more, more and more from Nashville SC and the city, the community as well. Keep supporting Gary Smith. Thank you so much for joining KO Lasso and good luck in the playing game against Inter Miami. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed and doing everything we can to get through to that next round. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Que Golazo Pod. As Austin FC prepares for its inaugural season in MLS in 2021, and we look ahead to the new stadium, we now finally have the jersey the design, as well as some exciting campaigns to make sure that supporters can receive them in a safe way around the city. And here to talk about it all and the overall identity of the club, at least from a marketing perspective, is James Ruth, Senior VP of Marketing at Austin FC. Uh, he's obviously uh, had a tremendous experience with this, working before with MLS and EA Sports, uh, you know, to launch EMLS as well, uh, the league's FIFA competitive gaming initiative. But now he's with Austin FC to celebrate uh, the jersey and everything about it. James, welcome to Kego Lasso, my friend. How are you? Good, Luis. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Very excited, uh, obviously, to talk about this. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Congrats on the jersey, the design. Why don't you explain to us uh, the idea behind it uh, so folks you know, can go to Austin FC's social media pages right now as we speak and check it out. We'll have a lot more to promote, but why don't you talk to us about the design and the idea behind it all? Yeah, uh, well, I think it was, it was really kind of coming at it from two angles um, and a lot of credit due to the team that even started designing uh, the kit before I even came to Austin FC. A lot of great work has gone into this from a lot of different uh, different people between club stakeholders, Adidas, uh, our supporters, and, and our partners as well. Um, but the idea was, how do we create something that is both unique, you know, unique to Austin FC, but also at the same token, uh, iconic, you know, and a silhouette that we can build with over time, because with this being our primary kit, you know, there's a, a kind of a commitment and a thought that this is something that we want to build against and build equity for years to come. And I think what we put together and what the team put together is a really, really cool iteration of that idea where we have the unique elements of our crest and our colors, verde and black, which, you know, bias, but we think are the best in the league. Um, and then combining it with an iconic silhouette of what you've got with, with the jersey as it's laid out it's an opportunity to speak to soccer culture, to, to football heritage, um, while also saying, hey, Austin FC is something new and we're building something really special down here in Austin that we can all be proud about. And finally, Austinites have an opportunity to wear something that says Austin on it to represent this city, which is pretty much the coolest part of everything that we're doing with Austin FC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a one thing to really celebrate the fact that finally, Austin uh, has a professional sports franchise there and people can celebrate it. Verde and black all over. I love it. Talk to us about Verde Van. Uh, as we speak, as this pod comes out, the Verde Van is making the rounds around the city, uh, hopefully to, you know, in a safe and socially distanced way to make sure that everybody just has access to this shirt and celebrate uh, everything behind this. Talk to us about it. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly this is a huge moment for the club to be able to have our first jersey out and into the world. So we wanted to think about ways that we could get it out to people, like you said, in a safe way and cognizant of COVID and, and everything like that. And um, out of that thinking and out of, you know, how do we do something that feels like Austin? We, we thought up this idea of the Verde van. It originally started as we were uh, just going to go get a food truck and turn that into a mobile unit and all that sort of stuff. And actually in the process, we found a vintage 1983 Chevy Barth, and we've now converted that into the Verde van. So 
it's a, it's a little vintage, it's a little different, it's very much Austin, and we're super excited to have it out in the world. And ultimately, we bring in the New Jersey and a bunch of other new product to people throughout Austin, and that's going to be making stops north, south, east, west Austin. So it's going to be a good opportunity for us to get throughout the city. And then for anybody else that wants to grab the jersey, they can also go to any of the Yeti retail locations up north in the domain or uh, south on South Congress, and obviously MLSstore.com as well, which is uh, you know fantastic for everybody. A lot of different options to go and grab that jersey. I love it, and I believe right, James. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go to you know Austin FC's you know website and stuff, you can see all that information there, and people yep. can, you know, that's awesome. One hundred percent. Listen, let me ask you something, something very, you know this uh, very well, something very important for a club, especially MLS, I feel, because it's, it's still, you know, relatively speaking, a very young league, uh, is the identity of the team, right? Even before a ball is even kicked, honestly, even before the squad is completely formulated, uh, from a marketing perspective, I feel that uh, it's so important for an MLS club to, you know, develop that identity. And it's, you know, to your point about, uh, not just a shirt, but really just a shirt and everything else that goes behind it to kind of echo the identity of Austin. Um, to you, how has it? How has this journey been, especially a city like Austin? And how, I guess, it's an even bigger obstacle when you talk about the fact that we're talking about this doing this in 2020. So how has that journey for you been? And how important is it to you, do you think, when it comes to, you know, uh, grow and nurture this identity? Yeah. Well, for me personally, I just, I feel honored to be able to have the opportunity to be with Austin FC. And, and I think everybody at the club feels a real sense of pride, ownership, and frankly, obligation to the city to create a club that's representative of Austin. I mean, it's something we always say is, how do we make everything we do authentically Austin? Because Austin's different. It's a unique city. It's an awesome place. And, and we're honored to be here and be part of this club's journey in conjunction with the club. And I think, Luis, a direction that you were going that really resonates with me is the idea of how we connect the club with the city, you know, um, and that's really driven a lot of the creative we put out, um, content that we've put out to make sure that this club, first and foremost, even in a world where we have only a handful of players and a lot of other pieces of the club are being developed, that we connect it with the city and not only the city, but the people that live here in Austin. And that's been driving really all of the, the content that we've been putting out, it also drove how we're gonna release this kit. So you'll see obviously with the, the reveal video, you know, the most prominent characters are the people of Austin and the unique people of Austin that make this city so different and so amazing. And we think that by aligning ourselves with the people of Austin and making this club first and foremost about representing Austin, that we're setting us, ourselves up on solid footing to create a really solid bond between the club and the city, which above everything else is the most important piece. Well, if you are in or around Austin, look out for Verde Van and also make sure that you check out Austin FC on MLS website or their own website. Keep up to date with everything, including this great jersey, this great new club that enters MLS in 2021. James Ruth, an absolute pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, if there's anything else that you want to add to this great narrative, please do it now or forever hold your peace. How about Austin FC celebrating the fact that finally Austin has a soccer team in MLS? Unbelievable. Absolutely. Hey, tomorrow, first day to get the kit, get out there and uh, get uh, what we think is a really beautiful piece for, for Austin. I love it. I love it. James Ruth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate the time.
I want to thank Bradley Wright Phillips, Gary Smith, and James Ruth for joining me today. Don't forget that plenty more Gegolazo is coming up, including our weekend preview as domestic club soccer returns. Make sure that you follow us on Gegolazo Pod on Twitter and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. Have a great day. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.